This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, I'm excited about my topic tonight because it seems like a lot of you need it. That's <laughs> so good. Praise God for the Holy Ghost, right? <laughs> the title of my message tonight is uh, What to Do When Faith Seems Weak and Victory Lost. So get out your paper and pencils and get out your Bibles, amen. What to do when faith seems weak and victory lost. Just so happens Brother Hagen wrote a book on it, and I haven't read this book for 20 some odd years, so I don't know what he says in it, but I'm sure it's better than what I'm going to say. But I'm going off of my personal experience about what I did and continue to do sometimes when faith seems weak and victory lost in, in my life, you know, and, in, in, and stuff like that. And I also want to remind you about uh, Mark Brzee's book, Processing the Plan of God Through Prayer. You know, God can give you the plan for your life, but unless you bathe it in prayer, you know, it's not going to come about. So um, Pastor uh, Holy Ghost told him we'd had a hard time finding these books because we, ha- we have our copies from... <laughs> 25 some odd years ago, and we had a lot of trouble finding these books. We ordered them, and they were back order, back order, back order, back order, and it took us months to get these. Finally, we went right to the source, and we were able to get these books. But this is this is excellent. This is really excellent because, you know, you don't want to live your life like that God gave you a plan for your life, and it never came to fruition because you never stopped and prayed about it. So it's on you. You know, it's not on him. It's on you. Amen. Praise the Lord. I, I like it when I say things like that. You know, kind of. I like Dylan's thing this morning. <laughs> Every time I preach, Dylan says, are you going to serve band-aids? You know, because I end up stepping on his toes, but whatever. You know, hallelujah. Okay, let's open up with prayer this, this evening, okay? Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word tonight. And, Lord, I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name that what you have me minister tonight is going to speak to the hearts and the lives of the people, Lord. It's going to cause them to get through that bump in the road, Father God, and they're going to come out victorious in the end, Lord. And, Father, we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, what to do when faith seems weak and victory lost. Okay, so number one is don't quit. Don't quit. If you quit, you lost already. If you don't quit, then you will make your way to victory. You just have to not quit. And the Holy Ghost, just well, as we were praising and worshiping, he told me to tell you this story. So i got to tell this story in a way that we don't rat ourselves out. Let's see. You know, sometimes you have to say things delicately. <laughs> okay, so there was a time in our pastor in my life back when our kids were little, and this person would take us to court all the time, like all the time. So we would we would get in the Word, you know, and we would have these scriptures that we were standing on, that when we went to court this time, we were going to come out smelling like a rose, not the other way around. And so uh, here we're all fired up, ready to go into court, so we go to court, And we just get smashed. I mean, just obliterated, you know. So we we leave the courtroom. We go home. And, you know, I mean, it just takes the air right out of you. So, uh, you know, we just got adamant about the whole thing. We thought, okay, we're just going to get more word to stand on. So we got more word to stand on. And we would go to court. 
And it got to the point where when I went to court, I just felt like I was sick to my stomach all the time. I hated going in there. And uh, this went on for forever. I'm trying to think. See, Pastor and I were married in probably 12 years. And the Lord would warn me. He would say, you know, God will warn you of stuff. And he used to say this to me. He would say, my grace is sufficient for you. He used to tick me off. Because <laughs> that meant this. I got a new mic, but I got to get it out of my mouth and out of my nose. Okay. So, uh, anyway, it would make me mad when he would say, my grace is sufficient for you. Because to me, that meant he wasn't going to fix the problem. I was going to have to walk through it. I didn't want to walk through this thing. I wanted God to fix it. I wanted God to take those people out. You ever been there? <laughs> or just take them out, you know. <laughs> Send in the artillery, whatever, take them out. But, you know, none of, that ha- none of that happened. So this went on for 12 years. And the Lord would warn me. He'd say, you're going to get a letter in the mail, you know, whatever, telling you to appear in court on such and such a date. You know, oh, I think, man. And I would go to the mailbox, and sure enough, there's this legal beagle letter, you know. And we went through several lawyers. We went through no lawyers, you know. Sometimes we thought, well, they're doing no good, charging us tons of thousands of dollars. We'll just go and, you know, we can't do any worse, you know, because nothing's coming out good. But every time we went into that courtroom, the person that brought us there lied over and over and over and over again. And we would go in there, and it was like, where do they come up with this stuff? You know, and it got to the point where the judges would actually ridicule Pastor because of his Christianity. And, you know, by that time, we, we started pastoring the churches, right? When we first started in 1992, pastoring that church, pioneering that church. And we would go in there, and the, and the judge would ridicule him. Because of, because of his, you know, Christian beliefs and stuff like that. And I tell you what, it just, it just went on and on and on and on. And did we ever get the victory over it? No. No. But I'll tell you what happened through that. We learned, you know, when you become a pastor, you have to love folks, right? And some folks are real stinkers. But, and you have to learn how to forgive folks. Because it's hard to forgive some folks. I mean, you guys are perfect. I mean, hey, hey, you don't have a problem with any of you. But there's been times in the past where, you know, people have been real, real mean and stuff. But anyway, through all that, we learned to walk in love. We learned to walk in love. We learned to walk in love. So you get to the point where you think of that person and you pity them. You pity the hatred in them, and you learn to love them, and you don't want them to go to hell. You, you understand what I'm saying? You want all to be well with them, and you learn to for, walk in forgiveness. And so, uh, but we didn't quit through it all. We didn't walk away from God, although in the natural, we never won, okay? We never won. But you know what? Jesus never left us. And he's so cool. We just kept digging in. We just didn't quit. We thought, all right, if that's what you're throwing at us, hey, we're just digging in the word some more. We're just going to walk and love some more. You know, (laughs) 
Hallelujah. So, bottom line is, don't quit, okay? That's number one. Don't quit. So, number two, you need to examine yourself to see if you even have any faith in what you are believing for. Because, um, you know, are you just hoping? (laughs) You know, if you're going through something and I come up to you and I'll say, what word are you standing on? Oh, nothing in particular. Well, that's what you're going to get. Nothing in particular. You understand what I'm saying? So you've got to have word for what you're believing for. And, and, you know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you're not in the word, you don't have any faith. You know, maybe you're hoping for something to happen, but uh, you're not having any any faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you need I need to know or you need to know what scriptures are you standing on? You know, what's your topic? I, you know, I don't know. Don't tell me. Just, you know, you know what your topic or topics are. What word are you standing on? Is that word real to you? The Bible covers every single thing that's going on in your life. Everything. Because God is so awesome and so smart and so brilliant that he didn't leave anything out of here. So your problem, I promise you, is in this word. So you've got to get to the point where you dig into this word and you find, it, it just even if it's one scripture that just jumps off at you, and says and and tells you that's my answer. This is the strength that I need. You know, this is going to give me the faith for what I'm facing. So you get that into your heart. You know, you start memorizing, writing on three by five cards. You know, post it in your house. Read it. You know, recite it because after a while it's going to go from your head cha ching right down into your spirit. You know, like it's like this. Can I talk any of you out of your salvation? Anybody want to go to hell today? I mean, you know, do you want to give up on Jesus? Well, how come I can't talk you out of your salvation? Why? Huh? What? Yeah, but how did you ever hear about Jesus? Somebody shared the what with you? The word with you. Duh, there you are. Somebody shared God's word with you. And what did you do? You reacted to it. You acted on that word. So that word became so real to you that I can't talk you out of it. I mean, who would want to, you know? So that's, that's, it's the same thing with this and whatever's going on in your life. When you get that word that becomes real to you and you know that you know that you know that you know that you're going to make it, you know, I taught a sermon the other day about making it to the other side, you know, you are going to make it. If you don't quit, but you've got to get the word. Have you got the faith? You know, only you can answer that. No, but if I come up to you, (laughs) golly, well, sometimes I get amazed at the lack of word that people have. You need to do some stuff. You need to get yourself some scripture tapes or I say tapes, CDs, Bible tapes, CDs. You need to play them in your house, in your car, day and night, night and day. All you hear is the word. You're gonna, the word is going to start becoming so real to you. And you need to do what Pastor does. He reads the Bible out loud. So when I'm doing dishes, cleaning the house, he's reading the word out loud. And I'm getting fed while he's reading the word out loud. Why does he do that? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So he's reading it to himself out loud. So the whole house gets it. But you need to play the word. Play the word. 
You know, how many of you have have the Bible on tape, anything Bible on CD with anything like that? Yeah. What does the Bible app? Okay, yeah, get it, play it, play it all the time, because, man, it's amazing how how you're going to get built up. You know, you're going to get really built, especially when you go to bed at night because your spirit's awake. You know, go to bed, you know, push that button, whatever it is you need to do and go to sleep. And you're just, you know, man, you're going to wake up so fired up in the morning because your spirit man has been taught all night long, you know. But specifically for your whatever you're going through, if I walk up to you and I'll say, uh, you know, what, what's the word you're standing on for this? And you look at me like a calf at a new gate and bat your eyes at me. That tells me you have no faith. Because you have to have word in order to have faith. No faith, no word, no word, no faith. So you've got to you've got to find out what pertains to you, what pertains to your problem in life. Amen. Hallelujah. God is so good. Look up uh, Hebrews eleven six. I'm in the King James. Pastor Dave always teaches out of the New Living. <laughs> I'm in the King James. Hebrews eleven six. Yeah, whoopee, huh? <laughs> Listen to this. It's so cool. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Man, for he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You can't be a lazy seeker. You got to be a diligent seeker. I'm speaking to the choir tonight. You are the mediators. You're out here on a on a Sunday night, and most of you are out here on a Wednesday night too. And that's why you become victorious people because, you know, Hallelujah! You're out here hearing the word. There's no other place in town you ought to be, right? I mean, who wants to be anywhere else? This is the great place to be. So without faith, it's impossible to please God. And what does the word say about your situation? Because it will say something. Okay, number three. Number one, don't quit. Number two, examine yourself to see if you even have any faith, right? Number three, have you made your request known unto God? Have you brought it before him? Like uh, I, t- I said in prayer tonight, you know, you, you receive not because you ask not. You know, I want to tell you a story. <laughs> How many of you have desires in your heart that nobody knows about but you? Oh, man. Yeah. Well, back in uh, when I was a kid... I had a horse, and his name was Cheyenne, and he was awesome. But we moved from, I had him in Rhode Island. We moved from Rhode Island, Indiana. I had to sell him. So I didn't have a horse forever. But I always wanted a horse, you know. But I never even bothered to pray about it. Because I thought, you know, that's being too selfish. You know, you got all these kids, you know, had six kids, you know, and a couple of stepkids and all this stuff. And, you know, they have needs and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, you got things to do, you know, why do you need a horse? So, I mean, this went on for 20 some odd years and I never went to the Lord about this. So guess what? I never I didn't have it because I never bothered to ask him. Right. So one time I said to the Lord, this was my prayer. Lord, I'm not getting any younger and I would really like to have a horse. That was my prayer. I got it out of my desire thing that had been hidden around in there, wallowing around for 20 some odd years. And I put it in prayer form. Well, 
It was my birthday time. This was back in Indiana. It was my birthday time, and the church took up an offering for me. And my mother, out of the clear blue, sent me $500. She'd never sent me any money before. They, they always told me when I was on 18, I was on my own. Bye-bye. Take care of yourself. I'm not loaning you any money, none of the above. Just bye-bye. You know, you're out of here. And that was nice. I mean, I'm not griping about it because that's the way to do it. So anyway, she sends me 500 bucks, you know, and I'm thinking, wow. So with the, the money the church took off, I had $850. And I thought, well, there's my horse money. So I went to this guy at church that knew all about horses, and I said, go find me a horse. He's got to be gentle and all this kind of stuff. So he goes, and he, and he tells me, I've got this horse for you. It's a quarter horse, and uh, he's a bay. A bay is a brown horse with a black mane and tail. So I thought, cool. So uh, I said, what's his name? And he said, buddy. And I said, I don't like that name. I'll rename him when I get him. So he brings him to our house in, in, uh, on Pumpkin Vine Hill Road in Martinsville, Indiana, and they're unloading the horse. And I said, his name's Montana. So I called him Montana. So I called the blacksmith to come over and, you know, shot his, you know, trim his hoofs and put shoes on him. And the, the blacksmith is an Amish guy. So this Native American Indian has a truck, so he brings the Amish guy to my house. This is so cool. I just love stuff like this. So he starts to trim the horse's hoofs, and he says, this isn't any quarter horse. He had these little quarter horse shoes. He said, he said, this horse is a, a standard bred. Well, standard bred is like a third, it's a race horse. Standard bred, they, they, they're trotters and thoroughbreds are, you know, you get on them and run. He said, this horse is a standard bred. And he comes around, I'm holding him, and he comes around to the front of him and he lifts up his lip, the horse's lip, and there's, and he's tattooed. There's a tattoo in there. He said, if you contact the American Standard Bread Association, they'll tell you everything you need to know about this horse. So I did. And I found out that that horse, his real name was Kid from Georgia. He was born in Pennsylvania, full-blooded Standard Bread. This horse was awesome. What? Well, he didn't, he didn't win a whole lot of money because I think he had a leg injury or something, but his father had won a million-some-odd dollars racing. You know, and I had Montana. Well, so, you know, Montana, you know, I couldn't get on him by myself. So, you know, the kids all helped me, you know, pastor helped me get on this horse. And so, you know, I didn't want to fall off of him or get off of him because, you know, I couldn't get back on him, you know. But this horse would go into this pace because he was a pacer. And when your horse is a pacer, all four feet are off the ground at the same time. And this horse would fly. He was so cool, wasn't he? But anyway, the, the whole story about that whole cool thing was that I didn't, I had that desire, but I never even voiced it to God for 20 some odd years. Therefore, I didn't have it. So see, you gotta get to the point where you know that God cares about your desires. He cares about you and He cares about what's in your heart and He definitely wants to bring it to pass. So don't be afraid to don't ask. So let's go to Philippians 4, uh, 6 through 7. Okay, Philippians 4, 6, 7, King James. Be careful for nothing. In other words, 
don't be full of care. Don't be, don't worry. Don't be anxious about stuff for nothing. He says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And then verse 7, and the peace of God, the peace of God is going to come on you, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. You're going to have peace in believing. Amen. You're going to have that peace in believing. So when you're asking the Lord, are you asking in faith or are you asking in, in fear? You know, faith and fear are two opposites. You can't operate in faith and be in, 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 in fear at the same time. You can't have fear and operate in faith at the same time because fear will close off your faith thing. So a lot of times when you're going through something, you have to examine your heart. Well, Lord, am I fearful about this? You know, is this making me afraid? Am I, am I, am I fearful, Lord, that you're not going to come through for me? Am I fearful, Lord, that you're not going to, you know, bring about whatever, see me through the end of this thing, whatever it is? Are you fearful about it? You can't have any faith. And so you've got to learn to recognize within yourself, am I walking in fear? Am I walking in fear? Okay. Hallelujah. So anyway, and I'm just going to give you this one more. Desires unspoken will remain unfulfilled. Desires unspoken to the Lord will remain unfulfilled. And that that is cool, isn't it? Yeah, I like that. Okay. So number one, don't quit. Number two, examine yourself to see if you really do have any faith or if you're just out there blowing steam. Number three, have you made your request known to God? Number four, what is coming out of your mouth? What is coming out of your mouth? So flip back to Psalm 19.14. I'm going to get there. There we are. Have you ever noticed that when you have a new Bible, the pages don't want to turn as cool as they did with your old Bible? Psalms 19.14 says this. Let the words of my mouth, words out of your mouth, the meditation of my heart, what's in your heart? Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So is what is coming out of your mouth and the attitude of your heart, is that pleasing to God? Or are you grieving the Holy Ghost with the words you're saying and with the attitude of your heart? See what I'm saying? So you want the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart to be acceptable in his sight. You want him to receive to receive from you. Okay, flip over to Mark 11. Okay, Mark 11, verse 22. And Jesus answering said unto them, Have faith in God. Or another translation says, Have the God kind of faith. For verily, which means truly, Jesus said, I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he. There you go. Okay, now look, it says here, don't doubt in your heart, in your, doesn't doubt in his heart. 
You can be hit with doubt in your minds from now until the cows come home. Because the devil put doubt in your head. But if you know that you know that you know that you know in your heart, you know, then, hey, you got it. And what you're saying out of your mouth has to agree, you know, with, with what's in your heart. Verse 24, therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any that your father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But then this one. But if you do not forgive, Father, which is in heaven, forgive you your trespasses or your sins. So, you know, what are you saying? You need to be saying what the word says about your situation. Okay, whether it's healing, finances, relationships, you know, and, 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 and kids, whatever. You need to be saying what the word says. But, you know, so say, for instance, I come up and I ask you, what were you standing on, you know? Because some of you, I know what you're believing for. What were you standing on? And, uh, the, uh, well, well, all of them. <laughs> Don't give me the, well, all of them, you know, that, that's nothing in particular, you know, when you're saying, well, all of them. <laughs> so, you know, don't do that. But when you get to the point where you answer me back, this is the word I'm standing on. This is the word I'm standing on. But then you go home, and so you can quote me that word and blah, blah, blah. But you go home, let's say it's a healing issue, and you're, oh, man, I just, I am, I am so sick. But you're, but, you know, but you're, but you're believing God for healing, you know. You know, the thing to say is, but hands have been laid on me. Like with Pastor, well, I was diagnosed with blah, 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 but hands have been laid on me, and I'm getting better every day. So, see, you know what's coming out of your mouth. What, what's, is what's coming out of your mouth agreeing with the Word of God? Because if it isn't, you're not going to have, because you're not really believing. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's ever in your heart in abundance comes out of your mouth or shows up on Facebook. Yeah, right? You know, I can spend five minutes with somebody and I can tell whether they're full of faith or if they're full of doubt. Just because of what they say out of their mouth. And I, I don't want you to stop talking to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> when I come, don't hide. I'm just trying to help you. I am trying to help you. Let me just, let me throw something out. So you need wisdom in something. You know, we prayed for wisdom for Donnie. So you need wisdom for something. So that's in uh, James, the uh, first chapter. If any man lacks wisdom, let him, let him ask of God who giveth liberally to all men and upbraideth not. In other words, you're not going to beat you over the head because you're asking for wisdom. So say, for instance, uh, I'm just giving you a for instance. Say, for instance, that uh, they told you you're going to lose your job. Where's Lawrence? He's been through this. They told you you're going to lose your job. So we, t- we say to Lawrence, I think we probably said this to Lawrence. So Lawrence, you ask for wisdom. So, you know, the guys at work say, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do, Lawrence? What are you going to do? you got a family to feed. What are you going to do? What about that house you just bought? When, blah, 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 blah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? His answer is, I've asked for wisdom. I don't know right this moment, but I have asked for the wisdom. And when the right time comes, I will know exactly what to do because I've asked the Lord for wisdom. You see what I'm saying? You may not know exactly at that moment what you're going to do, where the job's going to be, any of the above, but you've asked the Lord for wisdom. So if you've asked the Lord for wisdom, then it's going to come about in your life, correct? Amen. So you don't waver. You know, this talks about this in James 2. An unstable man... You know, he, he wavers. One, one minute he's in faith, the next minute he's in doubt. 
One minute he's in faith. Oh, we got this. We got this. You know, the next minute. Oh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? <laughs> Let a double-minded man receive nothing. He's unstable in all his ways, the Bible says. So you've got to get single-minded. You've got to get focused. What does the word say about your situation? And then you line up with the word. Understand what I mean? You've got to line up with the word. Amen. Okay, so number one, don't quit. Number two, examine yourself to see if you have faith. Number three, have you made your request known to God? Number four, what is, what's coming out of your mouth? Number five, have you bound Satan or is he running roughshod all over what you're believing for? You know, he thinks, he thinks he's got a party going on at your house if you're going to let him stay around. You know, he'll come in and waltz all over you. But... Matthew 18, 18, whatsoever you bind on earth is bound. It must be already bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth must already be bound in heaven. So you've got to bind Satan off your off of your thing. Satan, I bind you in the name of Jesus. And I go through a list every day of the stuff that I bind him from. You know, but you've got to take authority over that, Turkey, because otherwise he thinks he's going to come in and, and have his way. Well, hey, he's not having his way. Amen. 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 I need to say this, too. If you're believing for somebody, somebody else, to get saved, whatever, they have their own will. You understand what I'm saying? And sometimes, I've, I've mentioned this to, to you so many times before, sometimes just because you start praying for somebody today doesn't mean they're going to get born again tomorrow. I think it can happen, but that's not necessarily so. You've got to start praying for them or wayward children or something like that. You just got to know that you know that you know that you know that, that God's hand is on them. And no matter what it looks like, I mean, it could go from bad to worse. You know what I mean? But if you've got your prayers out there, if you've got them covered with the blood of Jesus, if you're praying for them every day, if you're binding the devil, you know, and all that other kind of stuff, eventually, you know, they're going to they'll, they'll get born again and they'll come to their right mind and stuff like that. But. You know, I've got I got somebody that's just so torn up because their children are addicted and stuff. Well, a lot of people have people around here that are addicted, but you know what? We know the deliverer. But you know what? You can't you can't get so caught up in oh my kids are addicted, you know, and oh there's no hope and all this kind of stuff if you're praying for them. Because you've got to know that God is out there working. It doesn't matter whether you can see it or not. You don't know who's witnessing to them on the job or at school or walking up and down the street or whatever. You know, you have no idea who's, who's witnessing to them. And I tell you what, Acts 16.31, Henry was talking about it, it says he'll save you and he'll save your house and he will chase them down. He will chase them down. And I said, put a hook in them and bring them, you know. Whatever he has to do, he will do it. So, you know, sometimes when you're a parent or something like that, you know, it gets a little... You know, you get sad and stuff like that. But you know what, man? God God comes through. He comes through. He comes through. He comes through. You just have to be patient and don't lose heart. Keep confessing the word and all that kind of good stuff, and it's going to be great. Okay, so number six. If after you have done all of the above, all that stuff I told you, you need to stand steady, unmovable, can't be blown off your course, you know that you know that you know that you know that God's tending to this thing, tending to this thing. Amen. And He is going to do it. Look at Ephesians 6. 
You know, sometimes when you're going through stuff, you may need a little help every once in a while. You know, you may say, man, I'm really having trouble with this. Can you pray for me? You know, and some of your friends are, you know, you know, come up to the prayer line and you'll be strengthened, you know, through prayer and stuff like that. But, you know, dig into the word. Keep digging into the word, you know. Instead of having one scripture you're standing on, have two, have three, have four, have a whole page that you read, you know, that you're confessing the word out loud. Ephesians chapter 6, let's look at verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Stand therefore. Don't let the devil blow you over, uproot you. You know, have you ever seen a tree blown over? It's uprooted. You know, it's going to die. Well, when you're, when you're believing God for something, you have to stand. Picture yourself just standing firm like a pillar. You're standing. And the winds may blow at you and, and the devil may scream at you, whatever. But you just determine. I mean, you may bend with the wind, but bend, when, the, when the smoke clears, you're about, there you are. You're still standing. You are still standing. You know, still standing. See, that's what you have to do when faith seems weak and victory lost. You stand no matter what it looks like. Because God's coming through. Amen. God is coming through. He's coming through today, tomorrow, the next day. Sometimes you can't see it, so you get shook because you can't see what he's doing. But God is coming through. So having done all, okay, you haven't quit. You've examined yourself. You get yourself some faith. You've prayed about it. You know, you're confessing the right word. You bound the devil, you know, and now you're standing. But you can't stand until you've done all the above. Okay? Unless you've done all the above, you're not standing. Because you have no faith. You haven't prayed about, you know, na 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 You're just defeated. So you have to stand. Do all the above and then stand in the evil day. Because sometimes, you know, things will get worse before they get better. But does that mean that God quit? Oh, he's still on the scene. You know, he's still doing his thing. So you cannot quit. Look at 1 Timothy 6.12. 1 Timothy. It's so cool. <laughs> So, <laughs> I love it. First Timothy six twelve says, "Fight the good fight of faith." It's a fight, but it's a it's a it's a really good fight because you know you know why it's a good fight because you win. If you're standing on faith, you're going to win. So we're going to fight the good fight of faith, and we're going to use all the tools like I talked about up above here, and you're going to win. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let's flip over to Hebrews 11. I don't know. Hebrews 11 is called the faith chapter. This is so cool. Don't you just love the word? (laughs) 
Look, I don't know. We may read this whole thing. We may not. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is. So faith is now, right? Is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. When I prayed for that horse, I released my faith. I asked the Lord, blah, blah, blah. And, but, I, but the horse wasn't in my yard, you know, in my, in my two and a half acres, whatever. The horse wasn't there yet. But I knew he was coming. You know what I'm saying? So whatever it is you're believing for, the substance is the faith. You know, like this, like this is substance. This Bible has substance to it, see? Substance is a real thing. It's a shape. It's a form. So your faith is the substance of what you're believing for. The evidence of things. You don't even see them yet, but you've prayed about it. Uh, look at verse 4. It says, by faith, Abel offered a more offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain did. Remember Cain killed Abel? By which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, of Abel's gifts, because Abel did it right. And by it, he being dead, yet he still speaks. Cain killed Abel. Abel had the faith. Cain did wrong. But doesn't Abel's faith still speaks to us? Because I'm reading about him today. How many years ago was that? You know, (laughs) I'm still reading about him today. By faith, Enoch was translated. Then you got verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please him. Verse 8, by faith Abraham. By faith, verse 11, Sarah, having children. Verse 23, by faith Moses, when he was born. This, Listen to this. When you got a baby, don't you just love that baby? You, don't, you, you never even realize the love you have until you have a child. Look, look at verse 23. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents, because uh, they saw that, that he was a proper child. Any of your babies are proper, right? And they were not afraid of the king's commandment because the king was out killing all the babies, remember? So by faith, Moses, well, anyway, it goes on to talk about more Moses' life. But so his mother takes him and puts him in this little basket and sets him in the, in the river, you know? Gosh. That took faith. You know what I mean? That took a lot of faith. You ought to read this faith chapter. It's so cool. You know, it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Verse 30, by, by faith the walls of Jericho came down. By faith the harlot Rahab didn't even perish. She's in my book about women, they can make you or break you. She's a harlot, but she made those folks. You know what I mean? And she changed her ways. Wasn't that cool? So she's a, she's a good gal. You know, it just goes on and on to talk about all these great people. You ought to do yourself a favor and read Hebrews 11. It's the it's the the Faith Hall of Fame. Just read it. It's really really good. Okay, so now, who's going to quit? Nobody's quit. Okay, who's got to dig in and get some faith? All right, who's going to pray about it? Okay, are you going to watch what you say out of your mouth? All right. Are you going to bind the devil off your stuff in you? Are you going to stand no matter what it looks like? Okay. You're going to fight that good fight of faith? You're going to fight that good fight of faith because you're going to win. All right. Hallelujah. Let's stand up. I hope that helped you all. Amen. Keep on keeping on. That's the name of the game. You just keep on keeping on. And don't give up. Hallelujah. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.